Well, as you find your way back to your seats, the, the kids can be dismissed at this time for, for Kids Connection. I want to make just a, a couple of announcements uh, for you is that uh, <clears throat> draw your attention to, again, in your, in your bulletin, there's, a, there's an insert uh, for elder nominations. This is uh, an important season in the life of our church as, as we have two of our uh, elders who will be rotating off and we are uh, praying uh, together as a church that, that God would bring in just the right men for this next season of our church's life. So I, I encourage you to prayerfully consider being a part of this process. And there's, uh, I think the information that you need is here on this insert. If you have other questions, don't hesitate to talk to, to any one of uh, the elders, uh, uh, Kevin Friesen, Harold Buller, uh, Daniel Silk, and goodness, I'm going to leave somebody out here, uh, Dr. Jansen, or uh, Terrell Unruh, they'd be happy to, to point you in the right direction on that, or, or myself. Also, uh, next Sunday, we start a, a new quarter of classes in, uh, in our adult Sunday school, and want, there's uh, basic information for you in the bulletin. I want to uh, let you take a look at that, but there are fuller descriptions in the newsletter so if uh, take time to, to look at those in the newsletter, look like some, uh, some very good classes coming up, a, a good uh, breadth of opportunities for you, um, some very practical uh, instruction as well. My, my family uh, got a, a good uh, welcome to Oklahoma this week as we got to experience our first uh, lightning storm here, and I, I think we were kind of eased into it because I didn't hear much thunder. Uh, I think that that's when you really get worried is when you start to hear the thunder. It means it's really close, but it was just uh, awesome for me. I, I come from Oregon. We have little lightning, and just seeing big lightning here in Oklahoma. And uh, I, was, I was driving up uh, Chestnut, and I was, I was right by uh, Jumbo Foods, and I just saw this big bolt of lightning just come down. I was just like, oh, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> It's really awesome when it's there, but it's not like right there. <laughs> That's when you don't want it to be. But, you, you know, that, I, I was thinking, it's like, isn't, isn't that just, just a great reminder of the, the awesomeness of God? It's like the awesomeness of his power. And, and, and yet the, the, here is just the, this difference between the awesomeness of the lightning, which is God's power is, is amazing, but, but there is that, that call that, that we're, we're not at Mount Sinai anymore where, where the lightning crashes on the mountain and the people are saying, you know, we, we don't want to be near. That the awesomeness of the, the power of God doesn't actually keep us at a distance. That because of Jesus, there's, there's a refuge and a safety and we, we can fly to the power of God and, and be safe. And just, so, and man, this, as, as we come to God's word this morning, and if there's one thing I just would love for you to take away is, is just... Uh, a reminder of the awesomeness of the power of God and yet drawing near to him and, and not turning away from him. And so uh, let's go to God in prayer and just ask for that blessing. Uh, Heavenly Father, as we open up your word this morning and as our eyes look on the page, as our ears hear the words, I ask that your spirit would stir, that your spirit would carry my words to the hearts of these people, 
And God, human words cannot accomplish your purposes, so we ask for your power to be present. May, may we truly meet with you during this time. And, and may this, this time turn our eyes towards you and, and that our lives would be oriented towards you, that, that we might know you better and walk with you closer. In Jesus' name, amen. Please turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 93. We're in Psalm 93 this morning. I appreciate Chris uh, leading us through it already once, and I, I think that's good to kind of help get our thoughts going in, on this uh, psalm. I want to read it. We're going to walk through it together, and, uh, and then we'll leave hopefully with a, a better sense, a, a renewed vision for the Lord. Psalm 93. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters. Mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. If you've read any of J.R.R. Tolkien, you know, The, the Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, or, or you've seen any of the movies, you'll know that, that Middle Earth... The, the world of, of Tolkien is, it's, it's a, a world of kings. And it, it's very interesting that here in America, we, we don't have kings. We don't want them. You know, we want to be able to pick our leaders, and we want to be able to throw our leaders out. But uh, author Peter Kreeft was, was kind of drawing my attention to the fact that even though in America we don't have kings and we don't want them, there's something within us that, that really resonates with the idea of an ideal king. That, that somewhere in our subconscious, we actually do want a king. And, and the, the king that we want, he, he's not just a politician. He's not just a soldier. That there's this ideal king that, that when he comes on his throne, that, that everything is right with the world. See, it's something that, that we do long for deep in our memory, though we've forgotten it. It's something that the world really does want, even when they don't recognize that's what they need. See, that's why there's this allure of, of Aragorn, Aragorn and, and, and Middle Earth, and, and that's why these are the, the stories that, that we love to watch and we love to read. Well, Psalm 93 is, is this kind of song. It's this, it's this song where it's, it's celebrating the ideal king. But, but Psalm 93 is, is not just celebrating the king in his ideal. He's saying, this is who it is. It's the Lord. And if you look at me, he names him. Verse, Psalm 93, verse 1, the Lord reigns. And, and if you're looking at your, your Bibles there, you'll, you'll see that Lord there is in all capital letters. 
And if you've, you've been in church for a while or you've studied the Bible, you know that when Lord is in all capital letters there, it's not just a title, that this is actually a name. It is the name of the Lord of Scripture, the Lord of history. It's Yahweh. This is Israel's God, the, the God of all of the earth, the Lord, the one who appeared to Moses at, at the burning bush and said, I am who I am, Yahweh. This is the Lord who reigns. And so this psalm is, is a vision of the greatness of this king, the greatness of the Lord. This is a song celebrating the supremacy of the Lord. And I want us to look at this this morning as a vision of the Lord's supremacy, a, a vision that is going to be consummated in the future it's someday and it's so real it's so certain that we can talk about it today as if it's already happened we can talk about it in the present the lord reigns the lord is supreme and so we're going to look at this in three uh, acts the first section we're going to look at is the lord's supremacy established Lord's supremacy established. We're going to see that in verses 1 and 2. And then secondly, we're going to see the Lord's supremacy challenged in verses 3 and 4. And then finally, the third act, the Lord's supremacy embraced in verse 5. So look with me first at the Lord's supremacy established. The Lord's supremacy established. We see that in verses 1 and 2. And this psalm opens by describing two qualities, particularly of this king. The Lord reigns, he is robed in majesty, the Lord is robed, he is put on strength as his belt. In, in the biblical world, whenever we see robes on display, whenever we hear about robes, what we are hearing is the, the, the description of kings and nobility. Robes were for those who, who were at the top, that, that robes designated this person is in charge, this person is supreme. Uh, when we see a vision of the Lord in Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord seated on his throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple with glory. So the, this robe is a way of designating that, that our Lord is, is a majestic king. And then we see a second quality that, uh, about the Lord is not only is he majestic, he is this ideal noble king, but he's a strong king. Because he has put on strength as his belt. See, anybody feeling weak around here? Where do we look for strength? Look, it's the Lord's belt. That's strength. There's there's this history in boxing where the trophy for the champion is a belt. And it's it's not just like a belt that just kind of holds up his pants. I mean, it's huge. It's this massive belt that says, I am the champ. And I think there's even almost this sense of that here is that, that whenever anyone in, in Scripture is, is putting on the belt, they're, they're, they're getting ready for action. They're getting ready to show their strength. To tighten up the belt is to say, it's on, and I'm going to show you who's powerful. And so the Lord is a, is a strong and powerful Lord. And, and we see then the very first implication of this. This is what it means. Because the Lord is majestic, because He's strong, Look at the world. Look at the state of the world. The end of verse 1. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. See, the, the, the world is not ultimately held together by the laws of science. 
that we observe the world and we, we look for ways to explain what's going on around us, but how do we know that when we drop something, it's going to, to fall to the ground? How do we know that the sun is going to rise? Because the Lord reigns. That is why we are so sure that when we study the world, we can understand it and it's going to act in ways that are predictable. It's because the Lord reigns. The Lord's supremacy is established. And, it, and if there was a, a soundtrack to all of redemptive history, it would be this. Psalm 93 is like the soundtrack playing underneath all of the events of Scripture. So if, if the eye of the tiger is the soundtrack to Rocky, this is the soundtrack to the biblical story. That in every situation where God's people are outnumbered, where God's people feel weak, where God's people face incredible odds, God shows up. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns is, is, is like the theme. It's the, the soundtrack of the book of Daniel. Remember in, in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 1 opens with, with Nebuchadnezzar and, and his army, and they've, they've overrun the, the city of Jerusalem, and they've taken captives to Babylon. And now in Babylon, Daniel and his friends, they, they are faced with the situation where, who's in charge? Who has the power? Babylon and Babylon's gods? Or is it the Lord? And they're faced with, with this choice they have to make. Are they going to sit at Nebuchadnezzar's table? And are they going to show their loyalty to Nebuchadnezzar and eat of his spoils? And Daniel says, no way. I'm not doing that. Bring me the veggies and water because I believe in the Lord. And after 10 days, the veggies and water boys, they outperform all of these other young men who've who've thrown their lot in with Nebuchadnezzar. And they're better than the young men. They're better than the wise men. Why? Because the Lord reigns. Chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar has this dream of this statue that's the emblem of all of the greatest empires of the world. And the dream ends by this giant rock coming and smashing the, the, the statue to smithereens. And the stone becomes this mountain. It's the mountain of Yahweh because the Lord reigns. Chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar builds a giant golden image and he tells everyone to bow to it and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, we're not going to bow. He gets thrown into the fiery furnace but then the Lord rescues them and brings them out of the fiery furnace and they don't even smell like smoke. Why? Because the Lord reigns. Chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar thinks that, that he is the greatest king that has ever lived. And, and he says, look at all that I have built. And the Lord humbles him. He loses his mind. He goes out into the field. He's eating grass for seven years. And he is uh, out in the field with the animals until he turns his eyes to heaven and admits the Lord reigns. Chapter 5, Belshazzar is in the middle of this drunken party celebrating all of the wealth that, that he has acquired when the hand of the Lord writes his judgment upon the wall. And he calls in Daniel. And Daniel reads Belshazzar's fate to him. That night, Babylon falls. Daniel remains. Why? The Lord reigns. 
Chapter 6, Daniel's tested again. It's a new king. It's a new empire. And, and the king has, gives in to the pressure from his officials that, that everybody pray to him for 30 days. And Daniel is faced once again with the choice of his loyalty. But he stays true to the Lord. And when he's cast into the den of lions, what happens? The angel of the Lord comes and shuts the lion's mouth. And Daniel is delivered. Why? Because the Lord reigns. This is the refrain over and over again in Scripture. The Lord reigns. It's an awesome truth. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. He didn't have to defeat anybody to gain this strength. He's always had it. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. And yet, I don't know if you're like me. We can read it. We can say, yes, I believe it. We can be in church. We can sing it. We sing indescribable. We know it. But what happens? How quick we are to forget it. Like, it's, it's in here, but our heart doesn't skip a beat. We know it but we're not in awe over it. Why is that? Well, one of the answers is given to us here in the next section as we see the Lord's supremacy challenged. What is it that presents the challenge to the Lord's supremacy? What is it that presents the challenge to our awe? Look with me at verse 3. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. You can almost hear the crescendo of intensity as, as the waves are rolling in and they're crashing against the rocks. You know, the sea in the biblical world was not this idyllic place. This wasn't where you went for a holiday. This isn't where you, you went for a vacation. That The sea was the emblem of chaos. Most oftentimes in Scripture, when, when there's great waters, this is disorder. And, and this is where there is trouble. The, the god Baal, in the Canaanite mythology, the god Baal showed his power by defeating the sea god, Yom. So, so all within the stories that they would tell, when, when you're talking about the seas, when you're talking about the floods, you're talking about the powers of this world that are chaotic, the powers of this world that, that will overwhelm you. And that's exactly what we see over and over again throughout Scripture is the threat of the powers of this world against the confidence in the reign of God. Even all the way at the end of, of the story, remember in, uh, where does the Antichrist come from? Revelation chapter 13. Do you remember the, the Antichrist is the beast that rises out of the sea? That, that the floods here, that the waters here is, is the assault of the powers of this world against the reign of God. And, and this, is really, this is really what distracts us. Because the water is real and it's powerful. I mean, water's a powerful force. We, we saw it just recently here in Louisiana with, with, the, with the flooding that, that's happening there. That the floods that are, that are coming against you cause you very quickly to, to get distracted. See, it, it's not a rejection 
of the Lord's supremacy. It's a distraction away from it. And J.I. Packer in his book, Knowing God, he really puts his finger on it very well. What it is that, that actually distracts us in the flood. Why the floods threaten us. Because he says, first of all, that, that when the floods come against us, we think wrong thoughts about God. We think wrong thoughts about God. Packer says, our thoughts of God are not great enough. We fail to reckon with the reality of his limitless wisdom and power. And, and then secondly, when, when the flood is coming, we, we often think wrong thoughts about ourselves. That, that, that the tsunami of life is rushing at us, and, and we tend to think, what have I done wrong? What's God doing to me? Does God even care about me? And listen again to Packer. He says, it is as false as it is irreverent to accuse God of forgetting or overlooking or losing interest in the state and needs of his own people. So not only when the the floods come, do we we start to think wrong thoughts about God, we we start to think wrong thoughts about ourselves. But what happens thirdly is, is we simply fail to remember the greatness and majesty of God. That, that we're slow to believe that God is majestic. You see, it's, it's true that the Lord is gracious and compassionate. He is the friend of sinners, and He is a gentle Father. But let us not forget that He is a mighty, majestic, powerful God. The, what is it that, that are the, the floods that, that are coming against you? What, what is it that, that the floods that are threatening your life or, or those that, that are around you? See, for, for some people, the flood is loneliness. Does, does anybody care? You can be in a crowded room and be all alone. Or maybe the flood for you is it's just a full schedule. That there's just no relief in sight. When are you actually going to get some time to take a breath? Or the flood is, is a, health, a health challenge. Something's just not right with your body. And, and it, is this the end? Is, am I always going to be like this? You know, th- this is where we have to remind ourselves of the truth of verse 4. We have to remind one another of the truth of verse 4. Mightier than the thunder of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Mark chapter 4. Jesus and his disciples get into a boat to go across the lake and the storm comes up. The waves are crashing against the boat. And what's happening? Jesus, he's in the back and he's asleep. What happens next? You you remember it. Mark 4, verse 38. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Have you ever felt that? God, I'm dying here. Don't you care? Do we have to finish? Read verse 39. 
Don't forget verse 39. In your gospel communities, remind each other of verse 39. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And what did the disciples say in response to this? Who is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. Mightier than the thunder of many waters is the Lord on high. And then Jesus does one even better. Because Jesus didn't simply calm the waves on a lake. Jesus actually went into the waves. When Jesus went on the cross, he let all of the powers of this world, all of the floods of this world crash against him. The powers of Satan, of sin and death crashed against Jesus and he went under the waves. The flood swept over him. And when it looked like that this was the end, Jesus showed his power over the wind and the waves by letting them completely wash over him and then rising again from the dead. He comes out of the grave on the third day because he is the Lord and he reigns. And this is where you have your hope. You place your trust in Jesus Christ and you can know there is no flood, there is no wave that can reach you and separates you from the power of God. There is no flood that you could face in this life that is going to separate you from God because Jesus went under the waves for you. He reigns. And one day, he will return. And listen in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Did you catch that at the beginning? No more sea. No more floods. No more assaults against God. Because one day, the Lord's reign will be complete. The Lord on high is mighty. You know, the the Lord has established His supremacy with majesty and strength. The Lord answers the challenges to His supremacy with His power And so the the question for us is, what is our response to this? How do we respond to the greatness of the Lord in the face of the floods of this world? That's the third section. The Lord's supremacy embraced. We see that in verse 5. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. I want to draw your attention to, to two ways, particularly, that we respond to the supremacy of the Lord. There's a sense where where this whole psalm is a response. It's a declaration of praise. And and we could gather together and we we could say it and we could mean it. We could be individually. You could be at home. You could pray through this on your own. But, But what does it really look like? How do you know that you haven't just said words? How do you know that your life is really convinced that the Lord reigns? There's two particular responses. First of all, because the Lord reigns, we must trust his word. 
Because the Lord reigns, we must trust his word. You say, God is king, the Lord reigns, Jesus is king of kings and Lord of lords. Show it by your trust in the word of God. This is where we hear God speak. Now, there's some people that they, they, there's many things in the Bible that, that they're confusing to them and, and they don't understand and they're difficult to explain. And, and there's parts in the Bible that, like that, that just really rubs against what we see going on in the world. And so they start to say, well, the Bible reveals God to us. The Bible reveals God's word to us. But, but this is a step away from the confidence that we find in verse 5 that says, your trust statutes are very trustworthy. We must say this is the word of God. That, that fire does not reveal light. Fire is light. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We show our trust in the Lord as king by trusting in his word. Spending time with God in his word is a way of saying, yes, I really believe that you are king. Secondly, we see a response here is that because the Lord reigns, we must pursue radiant purity. When you <clears throat> Look with me at, uh, at verse 5. It says, Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. When you see the word holiness, I want you to think of radiant purity. 1 John 1, 5. God is light, in him is no darkness at all. This is what it means for for God to be holy. There is no darkness in him. He is pure light. And our lives should reflect that radiant purity. If we really believe that God is king, that Jesus is reigning, then our lives are going to reflect this radiant purity. When it's talking about the house of the Lord here, before Jesus' death, that was the temple. The place in Jerusalem where, where... the Israelites would go and, and they would travel to that house. But now that, that Jesus died and, and the, the temple is now us, his people. We are the temple of the living God. And 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. What you do with your body shows what you believe about the Lord as king. Do you believe that the Lord reigns? Show it with your body. Pursue radiant purity with your body. What is it that your your eyes are longing after when you're you're looking on screens? What is it that that you are posting online on on Facebook? What stories are, are you telling on Snapchat? That, that this is where we show who reigns. The radiant purity of our lives says, the Lord reigns. What is it that, that we are doing in, in our conversations, the, the jokes that we tell? How is it that, that we're using our money? Is, is it simply to gain more treasures for ourselves? Or are we generous with what God has given to us? We share the work of our bodies because 
the Lord reigns. The world, the world is looking for a king. The world thinks that they've found it in so many different powers, but all of these powers are, are letting them down. They're, they're abusing them. They're, they're coming up empty. And the world is, is looking for a true king, and we can show we found him. We can show with our lives the Lord reigns. You see, the dragon underneath the mountain has hoarded the treasure for too long. That there have been kings that have risen up and, and they've fought against the dragon, but, but we are waiting for that one king who will come and who will set things right forever. May your life, the unswerving trust that you have in the word of God, the radiant purity that you pursue with your life, may that tell the world the Lord reigns. Let's pray. Oh God, we have been summoned by your word to acknowledge your power and your greatness. Oh, we, we are not up for this task. Oh, our, our hands are, are weak, our, our knees are weak. We need you to strengthen us. Oh, we thank you that you are not calling us to live in our own strength. You, you supply all that you call for because you are the king above all kings. Thank you that we can come to you, your throne of grace, and receive mercy at our time of need. I pray for my brothers and sisters that our lives would be a witness to this community, that we would be the church that declares to the world with our lives that you reign. In Jesus' name, amen. song we did a little bit earlier and um, so it's one we haven't done for a long time uh, I think the whole time Dustin was gone in Afghanistan we never did it because it's kind of the one that he leads but uh, just a great declaration of who our God is and then when we get to that bridge